Hey guys, welcome to Level Up Rewind. These are throwback bite-sized clips for anyone that wants to tune in on the go. For those of you who don't know, Hattie has been my coach this whole ride. So uh, many moons ago when I was a little Bambi on ice, (laughs) (laughs) which we'll talk about later. Um, Yeah, Hattie, you've had your helping hand the whole way and a lot of who I am particularly in this industry is a mirror of what you've taught me and so I'm always honoured for everything so thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. <laughs> I think a lot of people um, know, know exactly who's sitting between us Hattie and everyone's sort of looked up to you so it's been beautiful to watch how you've grown throughout your own journey as well and I still remember that um, Oxygen magazine that cover of you on them being like who is that? Who is that? And then I looked you up and yeah, been pretty much fangirling ever since. So <laughs> can't believe you're on, on my couch. on your couch right now. Yeah. So. On the couch, spanked your bum, you know. It's oh, <laughs> what dreams are made of. Dreams, you know yeah, you've made it when Hattie spanked your bum. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyways, we could really go on a roller coaster here. Oh, so Hattie's been through lots of journeys herself and she's definitely left her mark in the fitness industry and mm. now the educating space. Um, obviously being down in Melbourne for your seminar with Sebastian, which I was lucky enough to be a part of and always learning a lot so it's really cool to see you always level up so to speak and that's what it's about um so what are some of the things that have led you to become who you are today in such a powerful presence well thank you so much um i've had i feel like i've lived a thousand lives in in 31 years and uh it's taken me quite a few years to really recognize uh you know my greatest gifts were from my darkest moments and I think I said this at the seminar, you know, when I was in high school, I never thought I would be a personal trainer. I thought I was going to be a, a TV presenter or a comedian. And then I realized I had to be really good at public speaking, which I was petrified of. And I had to be able to tell jokes, which I, I don't have. And, and it wasn't till I guess I went through a, a quite a tough moment with um, anorexia that it led me to the space I am now. And um, actually, you know, hospital was the place where I looked around and I thought, oh my God, there's so many other women suffering. And I felt like I was the only one that was strong enough to suffer and I didn't want those girls to suffer. So I thought, well, how do I, how do I help these women? And I'm like, well, far out. I've got to do, the, do, my, work, do the, my own work first so that I can get out of this bloody place and, and help them. And um, I was introduced to, to weight training from security guards. Um, oh. That my, my sister took me out when I was underage because my mum was like, just just help her live a life. Like I just got out of hospital yeah. and she was like, please just do something. Mm. So I'd go out underage with my sister and the security guards would be like, you know, what do you do with those legs? And I'm like tiny little thing, mm. but I still had muscle, which was, you know, the craziest thing. And um, they took me to the gym and I was like, wow, what is this space? So I combined, you know, the love of weight training and then wanting to help women and went and did my personal training course. And um, so how old were you at this time when all that was happening? So I was anorexic for um, ages 15, 16, 17, um, mentally anorexic till I was probably uh, in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the mental side of that sticks around for a lot longer than the physical side. And um, that was definitely, though, where I did a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. I did my first comp in 2011 and won you know, most of my shows, but was left with a dissatisfaction because... I recognized I was doing behaviors that weren't serving me and behaviors that I recognized weren't, weren't true to myself. Um, I wasn't yeah. following a process very well. Everything I did was amateur, you know, I was restricting, you know, 
doing it the bodybuilding way. This mm. was 2011. There was no space like mm. this. There was no community of women helping each other. There was seven girls on stage. Um, I think I did the sports model category, which, you know, I'd never be able to fit into this, <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was all a part of my journey. This yep. was all a part of my stepping stone. And I had to go through those moments of not being satisfied and going, hold on. I know I can do better than that. Mm. Like, actually, I, I can do a lot better than that. And that was when I reached out to a coach. Um, Lane Norton was my first ever coach because I wanted to – I looked at myself and I'm like, I'm sick of going through these phases of being really strict and liking mm. the way I look to getting on stage, being dissatisfied because I didn't honor my process either, um, and then having, you know, being scared of fruit. And I was like, well, I'm kind of mimicking some of the patterns I'm trying to get out of. So yeah. um, I wanted to look at food as fuel. Um, I didn't want to – have to cut things out again and I knew that was going to be a process that I had to go through and again that was again a stepping stone learning trialing failing forward um learning 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 and um yeah I guess the strength training came involved it came involved and um, that was a really big turning moment for taking the the emphasis on the way I looked into the way I performed Mm. and that took me back to like my gym days it was all about performance Mm. um and you know, actually that being an elite gymnast and being in an environment where, environment where I was surrounded by incredible women, my, my best friends, I trained with my best friend, I competed against my best friend and it never interfered with our relationship. Was this when you were doing gymnastics? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I was an elite gymnast for nine years and, and it, I'm really blessed for that because that's how I modeled the sports water project. I was like in a space where I felt really unsupported. I didn't really have any female friends supporting me in that time. And I thought, well, if I don't have that space, how can I create it? And our environment is so important. And this is why women love community. Mm. People love community um, because it allows them to have a safe space to thrive. And I thought, well, that's what I want my business to be. Mm. You know, I wanted to move out of personal training and I wanted to have my elite squad of women and we all trained against each other or trained with each other, should I say. And we competed with each other um on stage and it was it was still love it was still camaraderie mm. and that's how i developed the sports water project mm. yeah and i and i had it in the i had the sports water project in the gym for a while and that was amazing to have all the girls together coming in and training together and then they'll all compete mm. you know and there's just love you know there was so much growth in that um and then eventually t- taking it all online to where it is now and, you know as i mentioned before we, we do our own self-development first so that we can truly serve others because we can't pe- take people down the path we've never been on before. Yeah. And my, my business has just been a mirror of my own journey and what I learn, I teach. What I learn, I teach. What I learn, I teach. Mm. And so they've got no choice but to go through that journey. Um, and I think a lot of girls, they sign up to SMP and then they step into this space and they're like, whoa, what is this? Absolutely. Uh, because you have to lead from the front and, and I have to be true to what my, my goals and my beliefs are and... You can change someone's, someone physically, but it doesn't make them a happy human being. And, and I would rather make a happy human being than someone that has this aesthetic, you know, aesthetic look and still be miserable. Mm. And uh, you know, that's really important to me because how we treat ourselves is how we treat others and how we treat ourselves is how we treat the environment. And that's a really big space that people are talking about these days. And I think mm. we need to start to be really conscious and really aware of actually what environment we're living in. And most people live in their head not really what's here and um, I think we lived more in here and actually in our body we'd we'd use it more than abuse it Mm. yeah 
Yeah, that's beautiful. Like, wow. it's really amazing to see like your own growth and really the growth of your business as well. Because like you said, it is just a mirror reflection of who you are and everything that you've gone through yourself, all your struggles and everything. It's beautiful to see you model the, like the behavior, the strong behavior and show other women and girls what it's supposed to be like. Because I know on social media, like Danny, you'd agree, we get messages all the time about, I got a, a message yesterday asking if I'd lost friends because I started taking fitness more mm -hmm. seriously. And that's some of the perception is that there is no community when with women in fitness mm. and it's beautiful to see businesses like yours and you know like with competing with the w wbff how it's created relationships and friendships so much beyond the aesthetics and you're right it's not about competing against each other but it's about fostering those relationships and building a community because we all strive for that Absolutely, and that was very much demonstrated uh, when you came runner-up in one of the shows and you actually fixed yep. the crown on, on Steph and then all of a sudden the quote, real queens fix each other's crown and it's freaking beautiful to mm. see. Like, that's what it's about. Um, Sherelle and I often get asked, isn't it weird, you know, you guys doing a podcast together but you yeah. step on stage together and we're like, no, that's why we do this, yeah. for these relationships. It's like, about enhancing each other. Absolutely. It's not competing. No. I I think what gets missed is like when we're on stage, everyone is equal. Yeah. Like that is the moment that there's no champion actually. Mm. Right. So we all stepping on stage and if I always focus on trying to be better than Danny, then how am I being better than myself? Mm. You mm. know, and, and losing taught me the best lessons. You know, um, my first ever, I've won, <laughs> I've done a lot of um, competitions through many sports and I always won, I won a lot, mm. you know, and, um, in 2014, I think was my first ever, first ever Worlds. And it was the first show I, I didn't get called out. I didn't place. And I, I remember going back to my hotel and I said, mom, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. And I thought, you know what, this is what it is. I, I looked my best. It was the first time I'd incorporate, incorporated strength training into my, into my routine. And it was the, it was, that was the first moment where I had so much passion and love in training. I'd, I'd accomplished so much before I even got on stage. And that's what has kind of, you know, now when I prep for a show is a really big emphasis. It's like, how can I take myself to the next level before yeah. I even get on stage? Yeah. Um, but 2014, you know, didn't place. And I thought, you know what, next year I just want to get top five. And I worked and worked and worked and worked and I got fourth. And then the next year I won. And, mm. um, you know, the following year I lost, I lost the world titles. And to be honest, that was a really, really hard moment for me. I, I cried so much. I, and I... And I say that because, you know, tell people the truth, I, you know, and I think, you know, it was really unfortunate that 2016, uh, you know, I wanted that title and I, and I got crowned and then suddenly I didn't feel like I was worth it or worthy of it. And that was really hard because the following year I lost it. And what do you think made you feel like you weren't worth it? I still hadn't done enough internal work. Mm. Uh, and, volumes, you know, it? and that was a big turning moment for me. Mm. You've there's still stones to be unturned. It's quite sad in a way, um, but it's, again, so many lessons that come from that. And the ultimate failure for anyone and the ultimate failure for myself was if you can't acknowledge your success, that's ultimate failure. And mm. to take every small win as it comes because if you think about the amount of work and effort that we put into our mind, our body, our business, for that, that one centimeter gain, that one kilo of, of muscle increase, that five kilos on the bar, how much work had to be done for that to harm? Like, to not appreciate that is 
you know, a disservice on ourselves. And I had to lose the world titles, that thing I'd been wanting for years to appreciate that. And, you know, every year now I'm like, I want the title more and more and more. And if I don't get it, it's not that I'm not good enough. It's just that's what that's what it is. Mm. But did I accomplish everything I wanted to in the lead up to that show? I can control that. No one can take that away from me. And the only person that can take away our success and our hard work is actually ourselves. It's no one else. Yeah. Yeah.